0: You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. When you first become a parent, you're thrown into a whole new world. Not just one drenched in love, but featuring large amounts of sleep deprivation and a sudden wash of empathy for dairy cows. Most of the education and support out there for new parents is focused on the birth parent. But what about the other half entering this parenting gig for the first time too? In this episode of Feed, Play, Love, we're talking to Karina Lane from Mum Friday about the needs of the non-birth partner in the first few months of parenthood. Hi, Karina. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Chef. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, most of the postpartum information is about the welfare of the birth parent, which we all understand. Sure. Um, but it's also a huge change for the non-birth parent. Why do you think there is less focus on the one that's not giving birth, um, and they're taking a back seat, so to speak. Why do you think that happens?
1: Well, I guess I can understand why there's a huge focus on the birth parent because there's, she's just done so much, uh, not only gone through the birth experience, but now she has to set up for feeding her baby and keeping her baby alive, and that is a really mum-centric thing. So a lot of the focus is on how that's going, how that's getting set up, and the welfare of mum. Is she okay with it all? Um, You know, And also recovering from the birth. Is she recovering? How are the stitches going? All of that stuff. So dad does get a bit of a backseat. And then, of course, they get whisked home, and a lot of dads are back at work in a couple of weeks, so it's almost like they barely get a look in. Which is really ups- really unfair for dads who definitely want to be involved, especially in this day and age. Like well, our dads from generations ago, probably not so bothered about it. Their role wasn't really considered, and they did go back to work and become the breadwinner. But these days, I, I get that dads do want to be involved. So you know, it's 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 a, it's a bit unfortunate that they get that kind of backseat focus. And it
0: is—it's a huge change for everyone. I must admit. When I did it, if anyone kind of murmured sympathy about my husband's lot, I was like, are you for real? Sure, Look <laughs> at sure. what I'm dealing with. But um, even though um, I was the one breastfeeding, I was getting up, all the rest of it, he still had disrupted sleep. He um, would come home to the chaos of a completely different arrangement. There was no uh-huh. both of us chilling out on the lounge watching TV yeah. anymore. Um should we be preparing the other partner for that experience, and how do you kind of everyone always says you can't prepare for how much childbirth will change your life until it happens. Mm-hmm. How can we sort of lay that pathway for the non-birth parent in that situation?
1: Well, I think this is when your uh, your parenting classes or your antenatal classes really come into their own because, That is all about educating mum and dad on what the birth experience is all about, but also how this is going to impact your relationship. And in the workshops I run, um, we definitely have like a whole session focused on your relationship's going to change, you're going to end up bickering, uh, you're both going to go through this birth experience, it's going to impact you profoundly, you need to have space to talk about these things and give yourselves time to adjust.
0: And in that conversation, do you ever have like... Maybe this are things you could talk about now and maybe after the birth you might want to sit down and renegotiate or, I mean, is that how it works or do you just do the sort of prep before the baby comes?
1: Well, in the workshops that I run in our relationship section, we definitely um, focus on a few different categories in terms of your relationship. So what, how is your role going to change like before Having a baby, they probably had um, certain roles that were their own. So laundry, groceries, cooking, whatever it was. And when a baby comes along, for example, that's thrown into the air. So there's a whole renegotiation re-ne- needed to readdress that. Um, also, just spending time together is going to be completely different. And I try to coach them. Date night's over for a little while. Forget about date night. Focus on 10 minutes together a day. That is going to really save your relationship and keep you connected. So it's kind of like t- having conversations around new ways, new perspectives on how to keep their relationship healthy and how to stay strong and connected and giving them a really healthy dose of reality, what it's really going to be like now. It is going to change. You're going to be okay, but for the first few weeks, few months, it's going to be thrown into the air.
0: When it comes to the person who's watching from almost the sidelines, so they're not breastfeeding, um, perhaps they're not getting up as much in the night, it must be really obvious how much pressure the new mum is under, is there a risk that some partners will go, oh, I'm just not going to say anything because they are dealing with way more than what I am now, um, even though what they're dealing with is is significant as well?
1: So you mean um, they might put their needs aside because the focus is on mum, look how hard she's working. Uh, Absolutely. Um, And we know now that one in 10 new dads are affected by postnatal depression. So we know that dads are struggling with the changes as much as mum. Um, And I always, you know, explain to -to dads-to-be that that birth experience, you know, a lot of women end up with what we call birth trauma, which is that kind of lingering, not-so-great feeling about how how the birth went. So they're watching their partner in pain, unable to do anything, and then expected to go home and just go back to support figure and, and never even get the chance to recover. So I always make a big point of, you know, you're... Emotional needs count a lot. You guys need to have the space to talk to each other about this after the birth.
0: Is it then about the other partner having us like thinking themselves through their own support network? So, for mums, we always say, work out your support network before you have your baby. Make sure you've got people you can call on to help you, Mm -hmm. to talk with, to support you through this period. And we, many of us, have amazing mothers' groups to call Mm on. Should men in before birth be looking around to who they can rely on and who they can talk to and have that kind Absolutely. of download time? With they them.
1: do need that download time or that outlet. So men and women are different with dealing and processing their emotions. And I get that some men are cool with talking about their feelings and having a cry if they need to. Other men are more... Like, I just need an outlet, get rid of this energy, and I can come back and I'm good. So for those, you know, some men that might be finding a supportive dad's group, um, mother's groups these days are more referred to as parents' groups, so dads are welcome to come. We're nice and inclusive with that. Um, But then you might get other dads who are like, I just need an afternoon with the guys in the pub or around a golf or a gym session and I'm going to be good to go again. So it's kind of making those allowances and not having dad feel pressured to stay home and support um, at all hours when he's not at work, but actually giving him that space to look after his mental health in his own way, in the way that works for him as well.
0: I've got to say in those early days and weeks, it feels like there is no time for anything. What's your advice when you're kind of in the thick of it for just finding that space to go, Actually, you need one hour a week and I need one hour a week and this Mm -hmm. is how we're going to do it. Because now that my children are older, I look back and go, why was it so impossible? But it was, it was Mm -hmm. completely impossible to think that I could go for an hour yoga class or whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. I could go for an hour yoga class with my baby, (laughs) but as we all know, (laughs) that's a different kind of yoga. Still fun, but not the same. Yeah. How can you get that perspective or is that, again, something you want to do before the baby comes along so that you can go, okay, right, we really need this hour, each of us? Mm. I
1: guess it's about having the conversation before baby arrives and then having regular conversations as things change because once you get home, that's really all about the dust settling and getting out for a yoga class in that first week is like near impossible. So maybe that could be a back burner and you could maybe focus instead on – you know, popping to the shops for milk. I know that sounds so pathetic. Oh, no, liberating but that is wonderful when you've <laughs> just had a baby and you, you know, you leave your baby at home, baby's safe, no big bump to walk around with, and you pop to the milk for shops. That is, yeah, beautiful, a beautiful experience. So maybe the focus could be on that in in certainly in the first couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, things change uh, as the weeks go by. So I guess it's about rejigging that, bringing that conversation up, rejigging the plan, seeing what's working.
0: So we talked about um, when the partner might feel like, I can't complain because she's got it worse than me. As you mentioned, you can bicker a little bit mm. after the baby comes and it can be hard to find the right way to approach that topic. Have you got any tips, any ways that you might be able to phrase it to say, hey, actually, I, I just need a little bit of time for me because I'm not coping? Although that sounded all right, didn't it?
1: That sounded really nice. Nice and honest, straight to the point. <laughs> but I guess is... that's what it is. Let's be honest and direct. This is not the time for mind reading. Is the other time, other thing I tell couples at the workshops I run. Uh, you have to be honest and you have to put it out there and let the other partner understand what you're going through and what you need because dads aren't going to be – they're not going to know what you need. They're not a new mum. So it's up to new mum to say what she needs and vice versa for dad.
0: And what are the most common – I guess complaints or issues you come across in your work with Mum Friday?
1: The complaints from Mum about Dad
0: or Oh either. Any. <laughs> <laughs> what are the what are the biggest struggles couples have in that first
1: Right, look, I guess there is the bickering and, you know, bickering about who's more tired. For some reason, that becomes a really oh, sad competition. Yes,
0: we used to fight about that all the and time. Same here,
1: same here. And it's always going to be me. It's not you because you're lying down. I don't care if you're yes. awake. You're yes. still lying down. <laughs> that's sleep. Um, but look, yeah, that's a big struggle. And I guess a lot of, cup, you know, it, it takes some time to find that balance um, of sharing the parenting load because sometimes it can be hard for mum to hand over the control to dad um so, you know if, if dad says do you want me to take the baby and mum might get offended no what do you think i can't do it um so look and i always tell new couples that if any the healthiest relationships are going to be put to the test when a baby comes because you're going to be sleep deprived touchy, and you know you're stressed you're under huge amounts of stress this is really the most stressful part of life, really, getting used to having a new baby in the house and becoming a party of three instead of a party of two.
0: Be kind to yourselves. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And let it, you know, let some of it pass. Some, you know, we get snappy when we're tired and that, you know, you know all new parents are going to discover this, but, you know, let's let it go. Don't, don't jump on and, and start arguing if someone snaps at you or uh, yeah, you've got yeah. to just kind of agree to disagree, move on. And the other thing is to try and laugh at the chaos because yes. it's not that it's not that serious it feels awful and serious but try to laugh because it dissolves tension and draws you closer
0: and the other thing is it, it will end, this challenging, bickering period. Period. My husband and I are still together. Not <laughs> well, saying we go. never fight, but, <laughs> but... A little bit of conflict. Conflict's good for you, really, as long
1: as you're working through it to the other bit where you kiss yeah. and make up. That is always going to make you stronger and
0: and it puts you in good stead for glassing the parenting distance as well. Oh, fabulous. Karina, thank you so much for coming in to chat about that. You're very welcome, Cher. Thanks. That was Karina Lane from Mum Friday. We'll include links to her website... Sorry (laughs) We'll include links to her website in the description notes of this episode Or you can search for Karina on our website That's babyology.com.au Forward slash feed, play, love And search for Karina That's K-A-R-I-N-A Having a cold when you're pregnant is the pits You're already feeling uncomfortable And now you're congested and gross But what can you do to feel better? And what can you take? The risk is different at different times also. So in those early stages, if something was going to go wrong for different reasons, whether it could be serious illness or toxins, say, it's often a miscarriage. It's kind of an all or nothing. But then after like that eight, 16 week of pregnancy, their deformities can can set in. And then after that, it can affect growth. So I suppose the key is not to be fearful, but to be sensible. That's Dr. Alicia Thornton-Banko, GP and mum of three. She'll be on the next episode talking about what you can do when you're pregnant and feeling ill. I hope you'll join me. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper. I'm Siobhan Hunt.